Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. All right, coast to coast, hour number two. Mafia, I know you're excited that I didn't kill myself or jump off a bridge. I'm always happy about that. You know, you're my payday. You're uh, the breadwinner. I need you to stick around. All right, so at one point, uh, I was willing to jump off a bridge. As you know, uh, you've seen me try to do that uh, previously throughout the years. When the Canadians beat the Penguins in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Camilleri killed me. As you know, we were driving home uh, on the George Washington Bridge, and I tried to pull over and uh, jump out of the car, and you saved my life. So when I say that I'm going to jump off a bridge, you know that I mean it. I do. I mean, and that one was more about I wanted to get home, and it was your car. So if you jumped off the bridge, I was kind of stuck in New York. But still, I do care. But I, there are other bridges that I'm willing to jump off of. The Brooklyn Bridge, I'm willing to jump off of. Uh, the, the Manhattan Bridge, I'm willing to jump off of. Well, you were even talking about jumping off of here last, uh, just last week or the week before. So I was. I was willing to, to check that. We might need to have you talk to somebody. I was willing to jump off of the Meadowlands, the roof of the Meadowlands. I don't remember what game I was mad about on that one. I think it was the race, the Joe Villa race. Oh, it was the Jovia race, the horse race at Oakland in the, uh, uh, what was it, the... Arkansas I know, was it the fifth race or the seventh race? <laughs> but all I know is that my horse lost me a lot of money, and I was going to jump off the roof of the Meadowlands. Where else am I willing to jump off of? The Triborough Bridge, uh, the Tappanzee Bridge. Isn't the Tappanzee Bridge the uh, new bridge? Is that what they've done? They finished that thing? It's new? Yeah, it was done, I believe, uh, about a year ago. I've driven right. over that a couple times. So you need to drive me over there, Mafia, so I can jump off of that bridge. As you know, Carver High is back in Studio 34, realizing that when this guy says he's going to jump off of a bridge, he means it. (laughs) And then uh, Mafia was unable to find a 9 Glock for me to stick in my mouth earlier in the show, which I also attempted to do. Mafia, as you know, when I lose big bets, uh, I'm willing to reach for the 9 Glock and shoot myself. Guns don't kill people. Ripped up gambling tickets do. They do. It's true because I am constantly ripping up bad tickets, and I get very angry. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get an update in, and then we're going to bring in the amazing Ariel Epstein. We always like hanging out with Ariel and see what kind of trouble she's getting into. And we'll do the whole hour with Ariel moving forward. But let's do, at this point, the right thing. Let's find out everything that's going on everywhere, including all the games tonight, uh, by doing an update with your boy, Mafia, Brian Ciano. Thanks, Scott on Mafia, and this is your Sports Grid Update. Everything being shut down last week due to forearm discomfort. The Yankees have announced today that Luis Severino will undergo Tommy John surgery, ending his 2020 season. The right-hander first felt discomfort after Game 3 of the 2019 ALCS, but MRIs in December January on the forearm had come back clean. Severino battled rotator cuff and lat muscle injuries last year that had held him out until September. The outpouring of sadness and love over the death of Kobe Bryant continues the day after a packed Staples Center heard Vanessa Bryant, Michael Jordan, Shaq, and others eulogized the legend as Tom Brady posted a letter to social media talking about Bryant in which he said Kobe, quote, had the energy to recognize in others what they could not recognize in themselves, end quote, and that we all must, quote, seize the day. That's what Kobe always did, and that's what he wanted for us, too, end quote. 
Brady's agent will reportedly be meeting with the Patriots at the NFL Combine this week to discuss the possibility of a new deal between the two. Speaking of the NFL Combine, there are a number of stories coming out of Indianapolis. On the player side of things, Joe Burrow says, I'm a ball player. Whoever picks me, I'm going to show up, which seems to counteract that there was a sense that Burrow did not want to play for the Bengals, who hold the first overall pick, due to previous comments about wanting to go to a team committed to winning championships. Also, Tua Tagovailoa is at the Combine, although not to participate in any drills since he is still recovering from injury. Tua has been going through various medical testing and said he is rehabbing hard and should be cleared for on-field work in early March, which will let him have a pro day in April and be ready for any rookie minicamps after the draft. There are seven NBA games tonight with the Bucks and Raptors at 7.30 Eastern being the game of the night with the Bucks laying one and a half at FanDuel. There's a loaded college basketball schedule with eight games in the top 25. Number 18 Iowa against number 24 Michigan State at 7 Eastern is the marquee matchup with the Spartans laying eight and a half at FanDuel. There are 13 games on the ice in the NHL with the Stars and Hurricanes being the game of the night on the ice. The Hurricanes are the favorites at minus 120 at home. And plenty more action to follow as we'll talk about throughout the rest of Pharrell Coast to Coast. For your Sports Grid update, I'm Brian Ciano. Want the edge? Get on the grid. All right, there you go, Mafia. Great job. Uh, can we bring in Ariel? There she is. How you doing, Ariel? I'm good. How are you? I've been better, but I'm turning the corner. I'm feeling pretty good about my evening at this point because now that I've decided not to kill myself, I'm going to bet on every game tonight in college basketball, NBA, and NHL. But I was close to a certain death uh, because well, of Gabe Morenci uh, and I were close to death in here earlier this morning. They're doing construction behind what me happened? on the patio, and it smelled like paint. And then the heat was on in here, and Gabe and I actually had to leave the room in and out of commercial breaks because our eyes. Were we're tearing and we were coughing. That is awful. Uh, Mafia, can you tell Ariel how much I love sniffing glue, at least? Uh, I'm a big fan of paint smell and uh, toxic chemicals. Uh, what is it? Meth in a bathtub. Also, uh, glue I'm a big fan of. You know, they use the glue on the horses, too, Mafia. As you know, I'm a big fan of the smell of glue. And I, I would have loved to have been there with Ariel this morning. Yeah, usually anything that kill the few brain cells you have left other than drinking, you're up for I'm telling you. Ariel, uh, we needed you here today to save us, but now that we have you there, we're ready to go on all kinds of stuff. I, first of all, I want you to tell me, because I'm not that smart, tell me about uh, your opinion of the Severino injury, because I think it's uh, dramatic for the Yankees anyway you slice it, because uh, Garrett Cole will uh, not be able to pitch every single game like I suggested. I wanted to have him pitch every single night, but now the Yankees have no other pitchers. Well, you're going to get Paxton back. He's going to start throwing next week, and Herman will be back in the summer from his suspension. The thing that's a little fishy to me is that Severino threw in that game. He was willing to throw in that game seven of the ALCS, and he was seeming to have this same injury. It's weird that they weren't suspecting that he would need Tommy John's like earlier, um, but now he went in, and I feel like I just kind of got that notification out of nowhere today. I don't think it kills the Yankees. They're going to be fine. The division, is it's not as if the Red Sox are one of the top contenders, so that at least gets taken out of the equation. I think the Yankees will be okay as long as Cole lives up to all the expectations. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it, it's a concern. I'm not really, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be some kind of surprise in the East. There's no way it's just going to be uh, everything's going to go according to script. Maybe, Tampa you know, uh, Vladdy Jr. and in Bichette, Toronto, yeah. you know, uh, Bich they could blow up. You never know. They could get They're lucky young. and have a big summer. Uh, it, could, it could be Tampa Bay, they, you know, young, whatever. But I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I don't doubt the Yankees, uh, you know, power. I don't doubt their 100-plus win seasons. But I do have a problem with, you know, waiting two months or whatever it is for Paxton. And you're talking about Herman in the summer. The summer, Ariel, it's, you know, uh, we could have snowballs this week. Uh, you know, the summer to me is like five lifetimes from now. I don't know what that means. Like, what that means to me is he's missing half the season. The summer means, you know, in, in September they call up and they finish the season. Summer to me is July and August, right? Like, so he's going to miss most of the season because he's, he's a troublemaker. I think that does hurt them in some capacity. Yeah, but if you also remember, I, I think in the maybe 2012-2013 season, the Yankees had an eight-game lead in September on the AL East, and then Tampa Bay came back 
and ended up winning the division. So even though you get Herman in the summer, it doesn't mean that the season's going to be over. If anything, you hope that it helps catapult the Yankees into that number one spot in the division, nonetheless, the American League. Well, I mean, there's no doubt the kid can pitch, uh, but he had his problems off of the field. And I think that, you know, he's not going to be there. Mafia, the guy's not going to be there. Paxton's not going to be there for a couple months. It puts a lot of weight on the rest of these pitchers. Now, I don't doubt uh, Tanaka, and I'll give you Tanaka, and I need, you know. He scares Mafia, me, too, with his say, arm. I mean, well, and well, he's had problems with his elbow. Mm-hmm. And, and what about Hap? I mean, uh, they got Hap, right? And he's mm-hmm. had moments of success, Ariel. But he hasn't. I, I Overall, I don't think he's been great at all in New York. And King, Garcia, and Schmidt are also in the system. And they're top prospects that the Yankees could bring up as well as that next man up mentality. The Yankees farm system is loaded. It's just a matter of reps and making sure that the spotlight's not too big. But again, it's better it happens now than it does in July, August, September, because these games are essentially not as nerve wracking as they get through the first three months if they have to bring up some prospects from the minor leagues. So it does hurt their depth for sure. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt the Yankees. It's terrible to not have Luis Severino for an entire year. However, I don't think that it's going to make or break their season in the sense that I think the Yankees are still a top contender, and I don't think that the odds are going to really change too much saying that. Mafia, do you agree with that? Uh, you lose Severino, and you have no backs and no Herman for, let's just say, I mean, if you combine the two of them, one of them's out two months, one of them's out till summer, and you lose Severino, I mean, you've lost, you know, three-fourths of your rotation. Now, I don't doubt what Ariel's saying at all, that they're still loaded. I'll tell you why, because their one through nine is sickening, their bench is sickening, their run scoring and their uh, potential to drive in runs, RBIs, home runs, everything else is sickening. But you can't tell me, I got 30 seconds, Mob, you can't tell me losing that guy and, and not having those other guys for a few months doesn't hurt them. It definitely hurts. It was a lot more strain on the guys that were supposed to be the back end of the guys, the guys at the back end of the rotation that aren't supposed to be the ones that are the shutdown pitchers when you need that big win. And also puts a lot more pressure on the guys in the field to get more runs so you don't have to have these guys shut down guys on the mound. All right, so we're going to come back with wires. Ariel Epstein. We're going to hit We're going to hit all of these games, college, pros, hockey. We've got a massive uh, gambling problem going on here. I'm also watching horses running in the snow and gambling on them as well. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, Coast to Coast with Pharrell. A little rap for you. Round and round. That's my day going round and round. Uh, Mavia, did you see the state police here to arrest me earlier? There was two state police officers out front looking for me, but I hid well underneath uh, your briefcase. They were there, and I saw them, but, you know, we had a little conversation. I told them, listen, those charges, the, uh, the length of the time between when it happened and when it's now, they can't take you. And because I wasn't right. there. I was in Las Vegas. Yeah. 
It didn't happen. You so weren't here. I had an alibi. Uh, can I go back to Carver High in Studio 34? I wanted to get his uh, opinion. Uh, I know Ariel is there as well. Carver High is the in-depth Yankee fanatic and reporter. And I want to know, you've heard us talking to Carver High about all this uh, rotation problems and everything else. Uh, and we talked about her mom. We talked about Paxton, the big maple. He doesn't want to be called that anymore. What do you think of their problems now with Severino going down? Is it an issue? I mean, you can't tell me it's not. Well, of course it's an issue. I mean, he's one of their best pitchers. It's going to be an issue. Uh, the thing is, is you know this, Scott. I mean, the Yanks will always shop. I mean, if they got a problem in June or July, they're going to shop. So it doesn't matter if, uh, if they lose. They've lost two guys now. They've lost Paxton and they've lost Severino. So hopefully they get her mom back. I mean, it is what it is. All these other guys come back. He's going to come back too. And then they'll shop. The thing is, they're going to play most of these teams. The American League's awful. So they're going to smash most of these teams. They're not going to need pitching. They'll win a couple games 13 to 9. They'll do things like that. And then they'll shop when they have to shop. Right. That's all they got to do. Who do they have left that'll pitch? Uh, Ariel talked about kids in the system, but who do they have now that they're going to uh, throw out there, do you think? Well, Montgomery's going to get another chance now. You know, he, he's been hurt for about a year and a half, two years. So Montgomery's going to get thrown in there. You know, they'll probably give Sessa some kind of a shot. Uh, you know, they, they've got a bunch of guys. Garcia, there's this other kid that they might pitch. So they've got some guys that they're going to give a shot to. But you saw it last year, too. I mean, Boone likes using that opener. So one thing he's going to have no problem doing is if he's going to have no problem putting, you know, Chad Green out there for an inning and a half or two innings and then piecing it together from there once every five days. So he's got no issues with that. He did it last year when they had injuries. They're going to be fine because they're going to they, they, they got to remember they're going to play the Orioles 20 times. They're going to play you know, all these other teams in the American League that stink. So you don't need pitching that night. You just need your bats to show up. So as long as they get to October, by then you might have Paxton back. Severino's going to be done, but they'll shop for somebody else if they have to. You know they will. It is crazy that Severino's career, what's happened to it, it really is. All right, Ariel Epstein's with us, and I want to talk about um, a lot of other stuff. One thing I wanted to talk about uh, was uh, Brady penned this letter today, uh, apparently, about what's really important in life and the outpouring of love and support for the families that had so much left to give. Uh, he went on and on talking about the tragedy with Kobe. He posted the essay a day after the uh, celebration of Bryant's life at Staples, uh, including touching remarks from uh, Bryant's widow, Vanessa, as well as basketball stars Michael Jordan, Shaq, uh, Diana Taurasi, among others. In Kobe, he said we were able to witness the man in the arena. For many of us, sports show what we are made of. They define our personality and emotions. We cannot hide from the good or the bad, from the wins or the losses, the joy and despair and happiness and pain. What you see is what it is. We aren't actors. We have found a real-life stage where we become vulnerable to the world and are judged based on the outcome of each performance, and we care deeply about what we do. For some reason, uh, these days are the pinnacle of our life, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's clear to me for Kobe, that was how he lived his life in every way. In his second chapter, you saw even more, and that he had the energy to recognize in others what they could not recognize in themselves. I think that's why I will miss him most, uh, a real superhero our world needs. Ariel, what did you think of uh, the whole memorial yesterday and all of the eulogies that were given by uh, players and celebrities alike and, and, you know, Beyonce singing and Alicia Keys and uh, the overall performance was phenomenal. What did you think of the whole thing? And then it's still just unraveling the Brady essay. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, I don't even know why guys like Butler didn't play last night. Maybe it was because of uh, the day that happened. And, and, and what did you think of the girl even from Oregon? Uh, I thought she was incredible. Then she went out and had a triple-double and mm -hmm. broke the all-time, what, 2,000, 1,000, 1,000 mark. Um, uh, she was phenomenal. What did you think of the whole thing? You see all these things, too, like you said about the women's player, and then you also saw the day, it, like around the day it happened when Trey Young went out and had himself a career day. So players are motivated, and we obviously know the impact that Kobe Bryant and his daughter, even at such a young age at 13 years old, had on this sports world. I thought the tributes were great. I thought that it was Vanessa Bryant was a true superwoman for getting up there in front of all of those people. And, you know, I could, it's sad when you lose your husband, but losing your daughter is just heart wrenching. And to get up there and speak about that, in my opinion, it really takes someone strong. I thought the other thing that stood out too, was that everyone who was up there had a really good balance of Fun and sad when they had to be. Kimmel did a great job, and um, I think that Michael Jordan did a great job, especially at the end when he mentioned his crying meme. 
So I think all around it was a really good balance of celebration but sadness as well. Mafia, what did you think of it? You know, I thought it was obviously a great moving tribute. Uh, it's something that we've been talking about for weeks now because it happened just about a month ago. But, I mean, it's something that I feel like was good for the city of L.A., for Lakers fans, and for the NBA in general as kind of, you know, a bit of closure. And I think they handled the things the right way where the family, you know, instead of having the actual funeral there, like, you know, we saw with Prince and some of these other ones, they said, you know what, this is about us, this is about our family. You know, as much as everyone else loved him, we're going to take them and do our own, you know, private burial like they did right at home, you know, pretty much right after it happened. And they were able to do that with the people that they love that they're closest to. And then said, okay, now we realize that, you know, his life meant so much to so many people. So now while we're going through our grieving, we'll open up to everyone else. I thought it was done masterfully like that where they had their own thing and then they let the rest of the NBA and the city of Los Angeles get involved too. And hopefully now that could be kind of the, the final, you know, chapter in this terrible tragedy that we've had. People can, you know, heal from this and move on and, you know, wish their lives like you'd want them to. All right, so uh, one of the things, and I want to get into all these games that are going to be played tonight and everything else, but I wanted to get uh, Ariel's opinion on uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, it's pretty simple to me, Ariel. He's going to play for the Bengals. Uh, all this rhetoric about his hand size being nine inches and everything else is just a waste of time. I I'm not a, uh, you know, I love that he uh, said he'll play for whoever. He knows he's going to play for the Bengals. The kid's from Ohio. Uh, he even said he could go home for dinner. He lives like three hours from uh, Cincinnati and then still make it back to his job. We all know he's going there. And the fact that the media is trying to stir this up and try to, you know, pretend like there's going to be some kind of a trade or that they're not going to draft this guy, number one, is insanity. You know as well as I do he's going to play for the Bengals, Ariel, and that's all there is to it. And I think he's going to do a hell of a job. I thought the kid was a great quarterback at LSU. He never got a shot at Ohio State. So I thought what he did down in the bayou was unbelievable, and I think what he's going to do for the Bengals. I mean, they haven't had a quarterback like this since Kenny Anderson. I mean, that was the only time they ever had a decent quarterback. I do not believe in Andy Dalton for one minute as far as I can spit. I think Joe Burrow will be better than Andy Dalton in five minutes. No offense to Andy Dalton. I just thought he was average at best. As long as Cincinnati's able to build their offensive line, I mean – I wasn't thinking for a second that Burrow wasn't going because this wasn't a player that was given a chance as a freshman and proved himself such as Clemson's quarterback. It's something that he really earned and getting to that Heisman he earned and he worked hard for because someone took a chance on him in Coach O. I didn't think he was going to pass up on being the number one overall pick going to the Cincinnati Bengals. This was media hype because one person said he shouldn't go there. Yeah, no doubt. Mafia, what do you think? Uh, you know he's going there, right? How do you think he's going to do in Cincinnati? Uh, we all know what's going to happen in Las Vegas. He's going to get drafted by the Bengals. That's what's going to happen. And there's going to be 600,000 people there to see it. I was talking to some of the suits here at Sports Grid today about uh, that event in Vegas on the Vegas Strip. They're shutting down the Vegas Strip. They're expecting 600,000 people in Las Vegas for that draft. You know he's going number one. He's going to be the star of the draft. Yeah, he's definitely going number one. The season he put together, it would be stupid not to. If the Bengals didn't pick a number one, you might as well fold the team because you obviously have no idea what you're doing. Which, you know, they've had plenty of years where we've questioned if they knew what they're doing to begin with with Marvin Lewis hanging around forever. But still, I mean, this kid, the season he put together, and I never thought that he'd be the type to say, you know what, I'm not going to go there. I never thought he'd pull the Eli because, you know, this guy's been always the underdog. You know, he went to Ohio State, got beat out. He was third string. He said, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else and try to make my mark. And he did that. He went to LSU. Wasn't even great last year. And then this year was incredible. So he's always had to fight for his, you know, make his way up and battle at every turn. So that's the perfect kind of kid to go to, to a situation like Cincinnati, who's just been terrible, and say, you know what, I'm going to take the challenge and I'm going to make them better. So I never thought he was going to pull the Eli. All right, so, uh, Ariel, let's talk about some of the college basketball games tonight. There's some really good ones of ranked teams and mm. – uh, why don't we just go through them? Because I think I, I think Mavia said something about uh, there's eight of them. So uh, let's go through them. Let's start with Dayton and George Mason. Uh, now, Dayton is laying 12 in this game on the road. And I know that uh, George Mason isn't scaring anybody. They're 4-10 and 10 in the 8-10, whereas Dayton's unbeaten in conference play. Dayton's going to win this uh, game. The question begs, uh, will they handle the wood? It's 12. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. They just won their last game by 10, and it started out close, and then they ended up pulling away. So I'm going to take Dayton. I'll lay the points. All right, Duke and uh, Wake Forest in uh, Winston-Salem. Now, uh, Duke is laying 11. I got Wake at uh, 10 and a half. 
And I, do you have any kind of respect at all for them? I know they're awful. Uh, four and twelve in the ACC, eleven and fifteen, four games under. You would think, uh, on paper, that Duke's going to blow them out on the road. But does Duke respect them at all? Do they go in there and even think that they have a game on their hands, or do they mess around with them and uh, somehow Wake Forest covers the number? Actually, you know, Duke does pretty poorly against their in-state teams, but Wake isn't one of those teams that they have really um, done poorly against. They've done worse against NC State, as we saw last week. The Blue Devils were able to shut down Brandon Childress, which was Wake Forest's best shooter, it's their leading scorer, and they shut him down the last game they played them. So I would say that Duke's going to go in there strong, and they will handle Wake Forest, who's 0-8 against Quadrant 1, Quadrant 1 teams this season. All right, so we'll come back and hit these other games. Kentucky A&M and College Station is going to be a good one. we got others as well. Old Miss, Auburn, Iowa, Michigan State, K-State, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and that Colorado State-San Diego State game. We'll hit all the college games, all the pro games. There's a ton of, of unranked college basketball games tonight as well that are kick-ass. We'll hit those two, plus a busy night on the ice in the NHL. It's Pharrell, coast-to-coast -coast with Ariel Epstein. Go with us. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So I was seeing uh, Mafia the Metallica got pulled off of some like concert two bash. Festivals. Yeah, two festivals, right? Yeah. So they replaced them with uh, the Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers are doing one of them, and Tools doing the other. Yeah, I saw uh, the Chili Peppers uh, live uh, several times. Uh, they're great. They're not exactly Metallica, which we've also seen. Didn't you go to uh, see Orion with me in uh, in AC? Yeah, in I went Atlantic to the first. City. I went to the first Orion festival with you when they first started that. That was an awesome festival. I mean, we saw so many bands up there. We saw Volbeat up there. We saw Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, Ghost was doing that. You know, I'm not a big fan of them, but everyone was crazy them. with them. You know, that was before they really blew up. So there was a ton of bands there. And uh, then I know you went to the second one also in Detroit the next year. I did. And that's, I think I saw the Chili Peppers were there with them. So uh, I went, was that, so was that also a, uh, that was another Metallica, but it wasn't Orion. It was just another festival with them or something like that? I, no, I think it was, a, I think it was the Orion again. I think they tried oh, right. to do it again. And then after that, it kind of fizzled and they just went to the ones that everyone yeah. else was running, but they tried to do their own for those two years. I had more fun. Uh, I liked those because both of them, believe it or not, had casinos. Okay. So we went to Atlantic City and we saw the concert. And then when the concert was over, we went to the casino and gambled all night, but you couldn't bet on sports. And then we went in Detroit. Detroit and saw him, and then we went to the Motor City Casino and gambled all night, but we couldn't bet on sports. If you can't bet on sports, your casino sucks. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, Ariel Epstein is with us. We're talking about the college rack games uh, tonight, and uh, Kentucky and A&M and College Station, Ariel, uh, any shot at all for A&M? They've been playing really good basketball of late and covering and uh, playing better. They're, they got a winning record finally. Do they have any shot at all tonight against uh, Kentucky in that six and a half? I'm surprised the number's that small. 
I actually like Texas A&M to cover in this game because they actually, like you said, they're Me playing too. well and they are coming off their best shooting performance since November of 2017, shooting 50, I have the number, 59.6% from the floor, which is incredible. This team's looking like they're starting to click and they've won two of their last three games at home against Kentucky. So I say Texas A&M at least covers in this game. We've seen the line move that way too, from minus seven and a half to now minus six and a half. And they've covered uh, and won three straight games. So they're playing hot right now. And they got Kentucky coming in. Now, obviously, Kentucky is a better team than A&M. So I'm not going to be surprised at all. I took Kentucky on the money line to win that game. I don't think they're going to lose to them. I'd be shocked if they did. But I just want to see if A&M can hang around uh, in the game. Ole Miss and Auburn is at Auburn. That number is eight and a half. I got it at nine, Ariel. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this is a strange night. Uh, it opened up at, at uh, eight and a half. I got it at nine. It's at eight and a half now. Uh, but the thing is, I was looking at Ole Miss when I was doing these bets. And, I mean, look at this. They they have covered in six of their last eight games or something in that neighborhood. They've been really tough and against really good teams, including uh, not Georgia's not good, but Auburn is, LSU is. The Gators are tough. Mississippi State's been tough. And they, you know, uh, covered against uh, and played well against Kentucky, losing by five. They have been a tough team. I'm going to take that number at even at eight and a half against Auburn. I think it's going to be a good game. We're on the same page today, Scott. I'm going with them, too. I like that, Yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss here because not only, like you said, they also covered in seven straight games. They haven't covered in the last two, but seven straight. And I like the fact that they're top 75 in opponent's steal rate, so it's going to help slow down Javon McCormick of Auburn, their point guard. I like that theory. Now, Iowa and Michigan State Ariel is at the Breslin. I have to say... I think uh, Michigan State has been the most disappointing team in college basketball this year for me overall. 0-5 against the spread last five against teams with a winning record. And um, I just think they've been terrible. Uh, you know, with their number one ranking, remember? And, and they have been posers all year long. But I think Iowa has been awful on the road. But I'll say this. I think Iowa's a better basketball team. And I'll tell you what. I think this game's going to be better than seven and a half, so I middle this game as well. I think the Spartans realize they can't afford another loss at home at the Breslin, so I'm going to take them to win the game, but I think Iowa State will cover. It jinxed us. I like Michigan State here, and it's just because... Go ahead, Ariel. It's because I can't go against Big Ten home teams. They're 78% this season at home as a favorite. And Michigan State's getting the sharp action, too, going from minus 7.5 to minus 8.5. I actually I think it's Michigan State or bust on this one. I either take them or I'm going to fade the game. All right. Uh, I don't trust uh, Michigan State as far as I can spit. Let me tell you, uh, Baylor at home tournament. in Waco uh, – Last night, uh, we were talking with Scott Wetzel, and he was saying that the key to this weekend, or you know, tonight, is seeing what they do off of those weekend losses. Baylor losing, San Diego State losing. Mm-hmm. So tonight, we're going to see what both of them are made of. But for me, both of them are at home. So both of them are going to win. Baylor's going to whack Kansas State because they are pathetic. And I think San Diego State actually has a tougher game with uh, Colorado State playing in San Diego, but I'm going to say both of them not only win, but they both cover, and they're both uh, gigantic double-digit numbers, and they're both like what? Mm-hmm. I-, I think uh, Baylor's 14 and a half, and then I think the other one is 13 and a half. I'm going to lay it with both of those games. What do you think, Ariel? Actually, like the under in both games too. So in Kansas State, Baylor, the it opened at 124. Now it's at 123 and a half. Even though the public's on the over, it's in that reverse line movement, so it's hitting to the under. And then Colorado State, San Diego State is doing the same thing. It was 140. Now it's 139. Sharp play is going. It's even getting it down as low as 138 and a half. And they're two really good field goal shooting teams at 45 percent or better. This is a trend that I read about today. So two good field goal shooting teams, 45 percent or better from the floor. The under is at 58% this year. You like that? Uh, you like that number, 58%? That doesn't, uh, that, uh, that's not convincing to me. 58% means a little bit uh, better than half of the better. time. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not enough 50%. for me. You start talking about, 
Well, I'll give you that, but if, you, if you're talking over 62%, I start leaning, okay, I can live with that. 58 still, anything's possible. Mafia, I want to ask you, of all those games, uh, the only one we didn't hit was Texas Tech and Oklahoma. We'll do that in a minute. But of Baylor at home against a lousy team, San Diego State at home against Colorado State, they're not bad. Colorado State is not a bad team. They have a better shot against uh, San Diego State, I think, obviously, than, than Kansas State. Or is it the Iowa-Michigan State game, Mafia, or Ole Miss-Auburn, or A&M Kentucky, of the games I just mentioned, all of those, which one do you like the best for a, a chance for a team that shouldn't win to be in the game? I like the Iowa game the most because, you know, we talked about it time and time again throughout this season. How Michigan State was such high expectations, how they came in there, their number one ranking, and then they just fallen on their face throughout this year. They keep popping them out of the standings and then back in the rankings. And I know this is a home game, and the Big Ten teams at home, have been you know, pretty dominant throughout this season. But I just think that Iowa is a really good team. I think that they have a great chance to come in there and at the very least cover, if not upset, Michigan State. All right, uh, Ariel, Texas Tech and Oklahoma in Norman. And I saw Oklahoma give Baylor a game in Norman. I think uh, Lon Kruger's a good coach. I think they're going to give Texas Tech problems tonight. I think the sucker play is Texas Tech minus two. Obviously, they're better, uh, you know, but I don't know how much better they are on a road. I actually think uh, the Sooners have a shot tonight to upset Texas Tech in their building. They're actually playing on a neutral court tonight. They're playing where the Oklahoma City Thunder play. So that's an interesting um, variable to factor when did into they it. When did they move that game? At, when did they move that? It's saying here they're playing in Norman at the uh, Noble Center. Interesting. I read that they were playing where the Thunder play. I'll double check. Mafia, are you seeing that? Because I'm, I'm seeing because I know you're right that the Thunder are not at home tonight at the Chesapeake, but I'm still seeing that the game's in Norman. But you may be right, and if you are right, and it's at a neutral uh, court, I think Texas Tech has a better chance of winning the game. In fact, mm. if they were playing in a neutral court, why would the number only be two? But if they're playing in Norman, that's why it's short. The number's short because they're playing them in their building. If they're playing in some neutral court, Texas Tech would be favored by seven or eight. I'll double-check it, but that's just what I what I heard about. But um, I do like Oklahoma here. The last time Tech won 69-61 in their last meeting, so Oklahoma gave them a run, so I at least say they cover. Mafia, anything? Do you like that game? Yeah, I like Texas Tech in that game. I don't think Oklahoma's a very good team. Even at home, they got some very bad trends for covering at home. So I think that Texas Tech is going to come in there and get the win, especially with such a short you know, spread that we were surprised. Like you said, on the road, usually you know, the home team's going to be favored or it's going to be you know, a situation where you really have to battle. I think Texas Tech is the upper edge here. Well, screw you two then. How does that sound? You two can have some uh, cookies together or something with your bad picks. I'm going to go uh, into some of these other games really quick, Ariel. DePaul and Xavier in the Queen City. Uh, I like Xavier at home and the number seven. It was at eight when I got it. It's gone down. I like it. DePaul's been tough, but overall, I mean, they're 2-12 and 12 in the Big East. When you're 2-12 and 12 in the Big East, that in Portuguese means you suck. Well, right now, Ken Palm has Xavier by seven, so anything that's seven and a half or more, I would go DePaul here. All right, and then uh, Davidson, LaSalle. I like Davidson at home, but I'm, I'm grabbing 11 with LaSalle. I'm not sure Davidson can blow them out, to be honest with you. I like the under, though, because Sharps are hitting the under. Public's all on the over, and the totals moved from 138.5 down to 137.5, so I'm taking the under. Uh, what about that SMU-Memphis game, Ariel? That's I think that's going to be one. a great game tonight. That's a great one. Who do you like? I like to middle that as well. I like SMU barely, and I'll take the four with Memphis. I like SMU. I also it's They're the best offense in the AAC, and they have the advantage on the boards, ranking 19th in the country against this Tigers team that's ranked 231st in defensive rebounding. So I like SMU here. Clemson, Georgia Tech, and Atlanta. What do you think of that game? I think it could be – got to be really quick here. Who do you like in that game? Under 128 and a half. There you go. I like that girl. Ariel Epstein with us. We'll keep rocking on Coast to Coast. Go with us. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. I got to wear the uh, double-breasted, uh, the double, it's a triple button, Ariel, I got going on here on my blazer. And if uh, the second button pops off, uh, it just goes to show you, even though I'm in fantastic shape for an old fart, and I have massive game, and I score from anywhere like George Gervin, if you know who that is, the Iceman. I'm filthy from anywhere on the court, Ariel. But when the suit keeps popping open on the second button, does that mean that I'm a fat ass? No, I think it just means that the jacket shrunk. <laughs> the jagged shrunk. I love that girl. She's always supporting me. Uh, you just make me feel so much better about myself. Thank you. That's all, all right, the girls uh, Ariel, it's very important. A lot of the girls are chasing me. I was in Las Vegas. I wanted to say that everywhere I went, and uh, Carver Heil backed me up on this, wherever I went, the girls were chasing me. In fact, I went to breakfast with Ryan Hinciar, the cameraman. I told the story yesterday on the air. We went to breakfast. Uh, right near the T-Mobile Arena outdoor cafe we're eating. And the next thing I know, I look over, and there was a girl running naked down the street with, uh, like, five police officers <laughs> chasing her. Her clothes and didn't I, fit. I was like, I'll it was, she was completely <laughs> naked. And I was like, I'll have the um, short stack and a scrambled eggs bacon with a white toast on the side and a black coffee, please. As the guy's looking, the waiter's jaw dropped open as he's watching this girl run naked down the street. At 9 in the morning, Stark raving naked, running down the street right past my cafe where I was having breakfast. I've seen it all. Ariel, it's important that we talk about the NBA tonight because I know you have a lot of action on the games. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, the biggest games of the night, Bucks raptors in Toronto, Ariel, and Toronto's getting one. I'm taking them based on the Bucks game last night. Uh, you see these uh, spreads, money lines, and uh, the totals there are 231, 231 and a hook now. Uh, the current money line, Milwaukee minus 120. I love Toronto at plus 101. One. And um, I know it opened at one. It stayed at one. But they played last night that long game in, in D.C. and had to uh, jump on a quick flight up to Toronto. Any chance at all you give the Raptors? Uh, they get no respect. They're 42-15, and 15 and they're 23-7 and seven in their building. Raptors get zero respect. In fact, they've won 17 of 19, and they've won nine straight at home. I'm not going in front of this Raptors team. I'm not going to stand in front of the train. And also, it's the first time all season <laughs> that the Milwaukee Bucks are even favored by just one point. It's the lowest point spread of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks. That really? Yeah. They haven't been favored. The lowest was two and a half that they were favored by. So by minus one, it's telling me that the book says the Toronto Raptors just don't get any love, but they should win tonight. So I'm going with the Raptors here. I'm with you, bet. Mafia. Who do you like in that one? Uh, are you, you? I know you talked about this earlier in Coast to Coast in the first hour, but the first hour to me was a uh, kind of a nightmare. I was having, I was seeing things, I was hearing things. I had the Aww. devil uh, speaking to me. Uh, I've, I've now spoken to the devil, and I, I tried to jump off a bridge. As you know, uh, I was unable to eat any linguine with clams. The vongolay I ordered never came. I've just had a bad day. But I, I, when you were talking about the game before, Mafia. I, I was never listening to you, actually. What did you do in that game? No, you sound like my fiance, just never listening whenever I talk. It's true. But, I mean, I like Toronto in this game. I'm with Ariel. I mean, I think that as good as Milwaukee is, you know, you can't write them off. Having to go on the road after playing last night in what proved to be a tough game that shouldn't have been, they kind of walked through that one, and it was tough. So now they have to go on the road and play in Toronto. And Toronto's shown that these other teams in the East, other than Milwaukee, they just destroyed them. Indiana has been up, you know, 19 points and had Toronto come back on them. You know, they, they've put people down. And then Indiana just played them the other day, and Toronto smoked them up in Toronto. So I think Toronto is poised right now. They've won like 17 of 18. They're on a roll. I'm with them in this game. Hey, Ariel, so Mafia is getting married, and um, he's getting married in November, and he sent me the invitation. I'm already in the wedding. I, I've, uh, I've already got that date uh, scheduled uh, in November. It's, you know, toward the end, you know, like near, it's, what is it, Mafia, like a week after Thanksgiving or something like that? Two weeks before it, actually. Oh, two weeks before. <laughs> What's the difference? So, anyway, it's like month, uh, right? 11 months from now, but 
I'm a little surprised, Mafia, that you haven't invited Ariel because I thought that Ariel and I could have done some dancing on the dance floor at your wedding. I'm a little surprised you haven't invited her. Very mean of you, Mafia. I thought that you would add more class than Offended. that. Well, the invites haven't gone out yet. This is just to save the dates. You know, the invites could change. We could add some people still to that. Add but Ariel. It's all about actually your well-being because I know you're going to get out there. You're going to mix it up. You, right. know, you and Ariel might hit something off. And your wife? She's kind of scary. She's My scary. wife will kill Ariel, but I will say this, that uh, I think that Ariel and I will make great dance partners. And as you know, Mafia, I can cut it up uh, like no other. And I also want to say that Ariel is the only person that I would invite from the network to your wedding because everyone else uh, is a gambling addict and an alcoholic, and I don't want any of them near your fiancé, but I trust Ariel's judgment. She has more class. Her father's an esteemed uh, counselor, a great lawyer. She comes from a classy mm. family, and the rest of people that work with us are all bums and heathens and liars and crooks. I just wanted to say that, including you, Mafia. I have not been tossed so, out of a wedding uh, yet. Listen, if you don't invite Ariel Mafia, by the way, there's now a mosquito in my face, and I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. I'm going to swing at that thing, Ariel, and I'm going to win that battle. I can guarantee you. There's nothing worse than being in the Caribbean and being passed out on a bottle of Belvedere in 90-degree heat in the Caribbean like in St. Croix and having a mosquito fly in your face while you're passed out. There's nothing worse than that. Pelicans Lakers tonight, Ariel, in Lipstick City at Staples. Uh, I'm giving the Pelicans a chance because the entire team played for the Lakers and they hate mm -hmm. their guts and they want revenge yep. and they don't care about the Kobe Memorial. Yep. They want revenge. Ball wants it. Hart wants it. Ingram wants it. They all want revenge on the Lakers, and I'm going to give them a shot with their boy Zion tonight. I'm with you there. I like it, but I like the over more. Both of these teams are top 10 offenses, and the Pelicans don't know how to play defense very well. It's a bottom five defense in the NBA. So I like the over, and I like the Pelicans. Mafia, uh, who are you taking in this one? Are you going to go high risk with the Pelicans in the number? I'll go high risk on the spread. I think the Lakers are going to win the game, but I think the Pelicans, like you said, they're motivated. All these guys come back to L.A. and wanting to show that it was stupid to trade them. As good as the Lakers have been, as great a player AD is, you know, all these guys are going to have hurt feelings about getting traded, and now they have some extra oomph to back them up. When they were playing them the first couple times, they didn't have Zion. He's been all world since he's been back. I think that they're going to cover, and then the Lakers get well, by the win. Listen, it was not stupid to trade him. Uh, I think the players think it was stupid to trade him, but it was smart to trade him because they got AD. Right. And last year with those players, they sucked. And with AD, they win every night. And LeBron and AD together are magical. Kings Warriors at uh, Chase in the city. Bada bay, yay, in the way, yay. Ariel, do you like the Kings on the road tonight? I like the Kings on the road tonight. They limited the Warriors to under 100 points in both games they've played them this season. And right. for sure, I'm going to stay up and watch this game at 1030 at night. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say, Ariel, that I eat a bag of popcorn every night of my life, Orville Redenbacher movie theater oh. butter, and I also eat upwards of 10 lemonade Minute Maid ice pops, which are fantastic, in the raspberry and the straight lemonade uh, lemon. And I also uh, eat lemon uh, Haagen-Dazs sorbet by the pint, and I'll eat one pint of that and about five of those popsicles and about uh, at least a bag of the popcorn, and that's just like between 10 and midnight. And two hours I eat all of that. I'm it's ice cream. I have ice cream at 9.30 at night, every night. Every night. That's what I like about you, Ariel. You eat ice cream every night and you don't care about anything else. Nope. You won't eat all day long to have the perfect body, but at nighttime when you're watching games, you eat ice cream with whipped cream and chocolate syrup and everything else you get sprinkles the whole deal. I just... Oh, mint chocolate chip, chocolate chip, cookie dough. I'll cookie eat it all. Dough. But I'm a big fan of lemon sorbet rocks. It's like uh, in a fancy restaurant, having it on your palate, a little lemon sorbet after Blender. a big dinner. Celtics Blazers at the motor tonight. Do you like Boston on the road or you like the um, Blazers at home? No, no Dame, Dame again, I guess. No Dame Lillard. I'm going with the Celtics here. They have the second best ATS in the NBA, covering at 63%. Portland bottom three at 41.1%. I'm taking the Celtics here. All right, Pacers and Hornets, that game's so bad. Do you just go Pacers here and, and lay it, or are you going to go Charlotte with the number? Yeah, because even though I just saw that Victor Oladipo is out for the Pacers again, the two players that actually played the best against the Hornets in the other two matchups were Aaron Holiday and TJ Warren. They're both in the lineup tonight. Right. So I think that since both those players had the were the leading scorers in the first two Hornets games, I'll take the Pacers here, even though they're laying 10.5. 
All right, and then uh, real quickly, Thunder Bulls in Chicago. I'm all over the Thunder here. I'm laying. Speaking of best ATS teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the best ATS team in the NBA, 66.7% of games. Until they prove me otherwise, I'm going the Thunder. Uh, Pistons Nuggets, I don't even want to talk about it because the Nuggets are going to kick their ass. Let's talk about hockey. Do you get into any of the hockey, uh, Ariel? Let's go. Uh, Rangers Islanders uh, tonight at the barn out in Long Island. You give uh, the Rangers one of the hottest teams in hockey right now. I'm going to go high risk in Carver mm. High's face and take the Rangers. I like the Islanders and I like the under six as well. Go ahead, Ariel, with all your nonsense. Uh Mavi, you taking the Rangers on the road tonight? Yeah, I'm taking the Rangers on the road, 8-2 and two in their last 10. And I was actually looking at that. You just had the 6 as the over-under. You know, it's kind of iffy for the NHL. 10 of the 13 games tonight are 6 or over for the over-unders mm-hmm. tonight. All right, uh, Flames, Bruins, and Boston. I'm on the Bruins there, Ariel. Yeah, I'm on the Bruins as well. It's at, been at minus 200 for the entire day. All right, Canucks and Canadians in uh, Montreal at the Bell Center. I'm actually going Habs here at home. Yeah, Canadians all the way. Montreal opened up minus 135. Money's pushing it to minus 140, so I'm going to stick with the line there. I went to see the Lightning in Vegas. Uh, Ariel, they were fantastic. Uh, very exciting. They lost, but it was a road game, whatever. But they played, I thought, better than Vegas, except for the, you know, all the two-on-one, three-on-two breaks that Vegas converted on. But I thought Tampa controlled the game. Very dangerous. They're taking on the Leafs. Uh, I'm, I'm going Tampa at home. Toronto and Tampa Bay rank one and two in the league in goals. So the offenses will be there, but I'm with you there too. And over six and a half as well. That's my best bet on that game. I'm liking the over six and a half. Toronto three and nine last 12 is a dog. Uh, overs four and oh in Tampa's last four games. Uh, Carver, I hit one of those overs. Good game tonight in um, uh, actually Stars, Canes, I think, and Raleigh's mm-hmm. going to be a really good game. I'm just going to select a few of the games. There's so many games tonight, but that one's, I think, going to be a good one. I like the Stars just because the Hurricanes have no goalies. There you go. Uh, Oilers, Ducks on the Pond, Panthers, Coyotes. You got the Jackets Wild as well, and many Senators played last night, lost in overtime in Columbus. They're in Smashville tonight. Uh, Blackhawks, Blues in St. Louis. That'll be good. Devils, Red Wings at the uh, Caesars in Detroit, Rock City. Jets, Caps in D.C. All going to be great. Sharks, Flyers in Philadelphia. Ariel, great job today on Coast to Coast, we'll see you again real soon. Mavi, I'll catch up with you at 7 to 9 on In Game Live. And your boy, Marenzi, is next on DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.